Hi everyone, welcome to Do It Today. So big projects are always kind of overwhelming to me, which is why I love this conversation with Delia about writing a novel in two hour chunks of time. Two hours a week, that was her starting point. We also talk about her intense training for becoming a writer, starting with her Harry Potter fan fiction in middle school. Today I get to talk to Delia Kai, who is one of my favorite people. She's a senior correspondent at Vanity Fair, and perhaps even more exciting news, her debut novel Central Places is coming out in January 2023, which is actually right around the corner. Delia, I feel like I'm catching you on an interesting day. What's going on today? Hi. Yes. Oh, my God. When you said right around the corner, it like gave me heart palpitations because <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. So today I am kind of doing the first piece, I guess, of what um, will be the next few months of my life until the book comes out, which is promoting the book. Tonight, I have the pleasure to be a part of a reading series um, that Rex King is putting together in Bushwick at No Aloha, where I will be reading from this book for the first time. And it's basically the first time I'm like, I don't know. It's like dropping the first single in a way for the album that is to come. And so it's kind of it's a big moment and I'm really excited. So how did you decide which passage to read? I kind of just knew that the first chapter is probably the part that I've worked on the most and polished up the most. And also just in a really like lazy way, I was like, well, there will be no real context needed if I just start from the beginning. I wish I could be like Tori Peters. I saw a reading where Tori like read from the book Detransition Baby and it was like a car chase scene, probably like three quarters of the way through the book. And it was great. It was set up so well. You didn't really need that much context. And I was like, I wish I had like honestly the time to maybe just think about like, do I have like a car chase scene? Because um, I remember that made me really want to read that book. But in the end, I was like, let's just start at the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about the book and at least this first chapter? Who are we meeting? Who are the characters? What is the story that you're telling in Central Places? Yeah. So the overall story, it's a book about growing up in the Midwest and the experience of that when you're a teenager and when you have moved on and gotten to put together the like adulthood life that you always thought you wanted. And then when life brings you back to your hometown and the little hometown bar and all of these like circles where your high school friends are still in, what is that like and how complicated does it get? And then of course, I'm also writing, you know, from my experience, Experience growing up in central Illinois, which also involved growing up in the Midwest as a Chinese American, as the daughter of immigrants. And so the kind of combination experience of that, kind of both like looking at that experience and poking fun at it and also just sort of celebrating it in a way Like I'm really excited to put this out there as kind of like a bat signal to like all my other Midwest Asians, because I think that the experience we had was very different from if you grew up in SoCal or even on the East Coast. So the setup is very much like I've been describing it as almost like a Hallmark holiday movie where it's like, okay, so big city girl comes back to her small hometown springing her fiance, who is this great guy that she met in New York. He is a white guy. And so there's sort of a lot of navigating in terms of introducing him to her parents and introducing him to her hometown and all the sort of hijinks that ensue from like the various clashing that happens. I texted you this a few days ago, but I started reading the book and I loved it so much that I got mad because I was <laughs> like, it's 1 a.m. I have to put this down. I'm not going to be able to finish it in time for our talk, but I'm committing the weekend to finishing it. 
as you were growing up, did you always want to be a writer? Because it just also feels so effortless and natural, your voice and your writing style. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, I mean, I think very early childhood, I wanted to be an artist. So I really loved drawing. Probably like once I learned to read, once I realized that, like, especially being the child of immigrants, I think discovering a mastery of language was like its own superpower, like way more potent in a way. I think for as long as like I've known how to write, I wanted to be a writer in middle school. Possibly the height of my writing career, honestly, was being on this website called Quizilla. It was sort of like a proto BuzzFeed where it was like you could make an account and then you could make a quiz and send it to your friends or like see if other people took it and ranked it and put it on the leaderboards. But it also grew into this kind of like unofficial like fan fiction and just like fiction community because there's just a bunch of probably other middle school girls writing and, and using it as an outlet. And so you could publish stories or fan fiction in a serialized format and you could literally have a little audience of your own that would message you every week and be like, where's this week's chapter? You know, which is honestly the best training any writer could have, especially at like age 12. And so I started writing Harry Potter fan fiction and then ended up just making up my own stories and, and writing those. And that was pretty much my middle school and high school experience coming home, doing my homework and then like working on my Quizilla fiction. That is so fascinating. I mean, that's just early training to become yeah. a writer, which <laughs> is also something I wanted to talk to you about. You know, given that the book is coming out in January 2023, if we work backwards, you wrote this during the pandemic. I was just wondering how that happened because, yeah. <laughs> you know, we all joked about, you know, I'm going to write my masterpiece. But, you know, watching you write this, I was sort of amazed because you just did it. How did that happen, honestly? So it's funny because I actually, the like Thanksgiving before the pandemic was the Thanksgiving and that Christmas were the last time like I had visited home for like a few years. And I remember coming back and sort of thinking like every time I go home to visit, it's always such an interesting experience and I have so many thoughts about it. Um, so I started writing it like that December. And then of course, like by February, March, when things were starting to shut down, I was kind of like, well, I've already got this routine a little bit. Like I think for a year or so before then, I just had this deal with myself where I was like, if you spend two hours every Saturday just working on something to do with your like, kind of creative writing stuff that you don't have to feel guilty about it for the rest of the week. That was like the deal I made with myself. You just have to think and try a little bit for like two hours a week. By the time like everything shut down for the pandemic, I was kind of like, okay, I have this routine and you know, now it's like really not about to be disrupted at all. And it actually ended up being such a comfort because there definitely was so much relief in just knowing that for two hours a week, I could escape COVID world and like the laws of this universe and really just imagine the people and events of a different universe. So it was really comforting and it was like something I was started to work on and I wasn't telling a lot of people. So it kind of just felt like I just want to see where this goes. Did that begin to overtake your other priorities and your other jobs or did you sort of stick to just that writing habit for a while? I mean, at the time I had a day job that was not very demanding. And I think it was, especially like those first few months, there was just nothing going on. It was much easier, I think, to stick to that than if life had been normal. It feels really weird to talk about sometimes because I sometimes I feel like an asshole where it's like, yeah, like I, you know, I wrote a book during the pandemic and I feel like, you know, it can come off as this really smug, like, look how productive I was kind of uh, energy. 
I think if I had set out with this goal at the beginning of like, this is what I'm going to do with my pandemic time, it probably wouldn't have worked out. I think it was really just like a week to week sort of thing where I was like, not really sure if I can see my friends next week again. So I guess, you know, I'll do my two hours and then we'll see what happens next week. But the degree of the isolation, especially like the first few months of that, because I think I finished the first draft around July of 2020. Um, and I was sort of like, awesome. Like that honestly helped me not panic that much and helped give me a little bit of purpose for each day. Now, what do I do? I guess I keep going. I guess I like go back to the beginning and start editing. I mean, can you talk about the Excel spreadsheet? When did that come yes. into play? Because that is also so fascinating to me as a sort of propulsion and organizational tool for working on such a long project. Yeah, there's a few versions of the sheet now, but I'm trying to think of like when I must have started it. I think maybe around chapter five, after like a few weeks of it, we're sort of, okay, we're getting almost back in that early middle school fan fiction rhythm of just like bullshit a chapter a week. And then now you have like four or five chapters and it's been a month. I mean, I was sort of like, okay, I could actually maybe keep doing this. But in my professional life, I've worked jobs where I'm sort of keeping track of my hours. And I was like, okay, so if we're really going to do this, maybe one way to kind of make it feel fun is like, if we're going to do two hours, you know, a week, just to like be able to count up those hours. And then I think once, especially once I was sort of like, oh, well, I could also do an extra hour on Sunday or I could do an hour on Tuesday or whatever. And maybe I'll do that instead of like the full two on Saturday. Like I felt like I was very much like negotiating with myself because it seemed like there was this ironclad deal of like, okay, at least two hours a week. And so I try to figure out, like, I've been thinking about the plot, you know, on a Tuesday night. Could I get a head start on my two hours on a Tuesday? And so I started just keeping track of that on an Excel sheet. And I, I think I found some, like, website. You could also track your word count. And I was like, that might be interesting. Like, I kind of just like Excel sheets. That was also my job at the time was doing a lot of Excel sheets and analysis of traffic for a website. So it's kind of interesting to turn that lens on my own writing work just to sort of see what felt good and what felt quote unquote productive and where sort of inevitably I would like peter out if it was like, okay, I definitely can't do more than three hours at a time because then I just get really grumpy. I really like thinking about the project as something that I was kind of billing my time for like to myself and then scheduling out almost like semesters or like what at my day job we call like sprints where I was like, okay, instead of two hours a week, can we make a goal of 15 hours this month? And it doesn't have to be just on Saturdays or whatever. And so then I was kind of like setting these smaller goals of, okay, I need 15 hours for May and I want to be at least through chapter 10 by then, um, whatever that means. And I think that just helped kind of almost set up a container in a way for this work because I just didn't really know where I was going to go. I didn't really know like how long I wanted it to be or anything. I, I think of the, the Harry Potter fan fiction that I wrote and how it had like 73 chapters. 73? Oh yeah. my, God, that's longer than the actual books themselves. Right. <laughs> because I was in eighth grade and so I was, you know, it, was, it almost felt like a, like a sitcom where I was like, oh, well, I don't know how to end this. I'm going to keep going. And I was like, okay, well, I don't really want this to turn into this. I was almost like kind of doing the math backwards where I was like, okay, so if you think about, you know, a novel, let's say 100,000 words, break it up into 20 chapters, 
that's like 5,000 words a week. So I don't know, it was, it was kind of like a lot of playing around in terms of seeing like what motivates me. Is it like putting in time? Is it racking up a certain amount of word count? And I think the time honestly was the best indicator or the best metric because then it was like all I had to do was set an alarm literally on my phone, put my phone down and just sort of be like, well, whatever happens in two hours, this like agony will be over. <laughs> I think it's also important to note, though, that you didn't just have an idea for a novel out of the blue. You know, it wasn't straight yeah. Harry Potter fiction to the novel if you could talk a little about the short story that you wrote that i feel like sort of became an entryway for you into the fiction world is that how you look at it yeah yeah definitely so in 2019 like so weird to think about because in 2019 i basically had this i just had stuff going on in my personal life that i was sort of like i cannot stop thinking about this and it's driving me crazy just as like a ruminating kind of person like i know why i keep running the tapes back and wondering like why why am i like this why is my thinking about this like this but it was just one of those things where it was like these weird feelings and thoughts I like cannot escape from. And so maybe it would be helpful to almost project them onto a character who is also in her early 20s, who's also living in New York, who's also like just not sure how to navigate for admiration slash envy slash like obsession with this older, more successful writer. And I think working through that was sort of, it felt like, like very intensive therapy in a lot of ways because it felt like almost this cover for just writing down like all these like weird, ugly, uncomfortable thoughts that I had been having. But once it was transposed to an imaginary character, it was like, oh, this is kind of like interesting, like in an artistic sense. And then I think in some ways it just kind of helped me think about those feelings in a slightly detached way where it was like, oh, it's interesting that she's just like so envious versus just simmering in my room and being like, I don't know why I'm like this, but I'm so jealous, you know. Yeah, right. It's the character who's like that, not me. You had already had agent interest like after Big Fan, right? I think that was like my secret goal when the short story came out. So I was like, what would be like the best case scenario from this? You know, I hope just someone notices someone who's like not like a friend who's like obligated to read it. And so I ended up getting in touch with a couple of agents just over like the months after it came out. And so that and that was kind of nice because we had we would have coffee and they'd be like, so do you have anything else? And I would sort of be like, oh, shit, like I really don't. I just did this. Like, why are you asking more of me? You know, but it kind of planted the seed of like, okay, so if you wanted to you know, sit on a flight from a trip home and think about a novel, what could happen after, which is that now I could have something to show this person. Um, and so I think having just like almost like that next step, even as far away as it was just in my back pocket of knowing like, so if you finish this, you actually can do something with it, even if it's just sending an email, that definitely was hugely motivating. Well, now here we are a few years later. How does it feel to have people actually reading it? Oh, my God. I feel like I'm gonna get so emotional because talking to you is the first time like talking about it professionally, you know, and you're someone who I've been telling about this journey as friends for a long time. So it's really weird to talk to you about it now. I am really excited for the event tonight and just for this week and, and kind of what's to come in general, because I, I've talked to a bunch of friends and mutual acquaintances who are also like authors and have published books. And something that I, you know, at first couldn't get over was I was like, so like, what's the moment that you feel like I've done it? You know, I've accomplished it. I'm now like the most satisfied, fulfilled person in the world and I am invincible. 
was like, so when does that come? And everyone told me, they're like, um, I have bad news. Like there's not really a single moment where you feel like you've been blasted by lightning. I've just heard so much about there being this interference because you end up just being really worked up and anxious about certain metrics or certain ways that you can measure how the book is performing. You start looking at everyone else's debuts and books coverage in a really different light. So you're like, wait, they got that? How do I get that? And you start like driving yourself crazy. My friend Elaine Shade Chow told me she was like, you're going to think that everything is in your control during the whole publication process. And you're going to like grind yourself into the ground thinking that if you just do this one more thing, you will sell like X more copies or get X more coverage or whatever. And she's like, it's kind of a lie. And again, that was sort of like almost like I was like distraught to be like, so it's really not in my control. But I think now that I've been hearing from other friends and, and people in media who I really admire, like I'm just starting to hear the feedback and it just feels amazing to be able to share a story that is so central to like how I grew up and, and how I feel as a person. The joy of being able to connect with people like you and people that, you know, I have known for years, but maybe like 300 pages worth of my childhood has not come up. It's like everything else aside, I got to make something and I get to share it with like people I love and hopefully a few strangers too. The strangers are going to love it. Um, <laughs> and I, I was wondering, has your family read it yet? Or how do you feel about people who might not know this New York version of you reading it? The hometown friends <laughs> or, you know, your family? How does that feel even though we're a few months out from publication date? My parents have both read it. I sent them a copy. I was like, okay, the way we're going to position this is like, I want to share this advanced copy with you. Not like, is it okay that I wrote all this stuff about our family? <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, you have to really position it in this way. And they were really receptive. They read it. A few like very quiet weeks went by and then they were just like, I think I was talking to my mom on the phone and she was like, I mean, my parents are not really like fiction readers. And my mom was like, oh, it's kind of like a movie. Like I could picture everything you're describing. You're pretty good at this. And it's like, oh my God, thanks, mom. <laughs> like 29 years later, I'm like, wow, that's like high praise coming coming from my, my mom. I was really nervous to do that, but I was really like, the game here is not pulling a fast one on like people you care about. It's sort of being like, hey, I'm like sharing, you know, something that I made and I hope you like it. If not, that's okay too. I'm so excited for everyone to get to read the book and just for you to experience this moment of having it be out in the world after you've worked on it so long and so hard. And I think it's going to be every bit as fulfilling as you want it to be. Um, maybe not the bolt of lightning, but maybe just a bunch of little bolts of lightning. Little you know, bolts. Little, yeah. little baby bolts. Thanks, Delia, for joining us. Thank you so much, Kara. 